Hello everyone, I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. This episode features the senior management team of Dubai-based Gym Nation, which includes Ant Martland, Lauren Holland, and Frank Gofiaki. We talk about how the team is revolutionizing the fitness market in the UAE, the consumer response to their gyms, and much more. Enjoy. This edition is sponsored by Club Solutions Mastermind Groups. The Club Solutions Mastermind Groups offer peer-to-peer support that's affordable, convenient, and for all levels of health club management. Go to clubsolutionsmgx.com for more information. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to join me on the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. I'm really excited to learn about Gym Nation and how you guys got started. Um, Could you just tell me a little bit of the origin story? Um, Did it start off with you guys really just, you know, realizing that gyms in Dubai were, you know, really expensive and you just wanted to come in with a lower price offering. Just tell me how it all got started. Yeah, I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head, to be honest. So I think we were, we were all kind of consumers. We all had different careers in Dubai, but all independently recognized just how expensive it was to actually own a gym membership in Dubai. And then sort of myself, I had a background with the budget gym sector from the UK, where I'd been an investor into one of the largest operators in the UK, a business called Exercise for Less. So I'd kind of seen and, and sort of partaken firsthand in some of the disruption in the UK market and just identified that there was this enormous gap in the market in the UAE for a budget operator. And as I mentioned, that I myself was a very frustrated customer. I was being charged well over a thousand pounds prepay 12 months for what was, you know, a very substandard product with little sophistication to spot that gap in the market. And then it was, it was sort of one of those stories where two friends sort of one night over a a few casual beers got chatting and it turned out Frank was thinking exactly the same thing. And he had his own background from the sort of budget gym sector in Australia. Yes, I, I think you mentioned briefly before that some of the, the franchises in Kentucky. So <clears throat> my family worked with Crunch. So we, we bought Crunch Fitness from outside of the US into Sydney itself and started rolling out sort of the budget model in, in Australia as well, um, just competing against the the more, I guess, higher end or mid-market sort of price gyms. Um, so we rolled that out. I was probably there for, I think it was about four odd years doing the crunch fitness, but then we bought UFC out, hard candy and then, and then bar, which I think I'm not sure it's in Kentucky or not, but it was, it was a sort of like a boutique sort of studio to um, move, move to Dubai. Um, and like Lauren was saying, just couldn't justify spending ridiculous amounts on gym membership pricing, considering we were paying $6 a week back in, uh, in Sydney and Australia. So uh, like Lauren was saying, just we met through our wives and then over a few casual beers, I think it was back in 2016 now, uh, discussed the concept of, you know, bringing affordable gyms to the Middle East or, or Dubai at least. And then sort of fast forward to 2017, both sort of left jobs and, and jobless and then looking for a site and an investment in terms of starting up Gym Nation, I guess, is where it all sort of happened. Yeah, very cool. And is there anything that you'd add? No, I came on probably about six months, I guess, after that initial meeting. You know, heard the guys, what they were doing, loved the concept. Um, I think there was some marketing support needed a little bit here and there. So that was my background. I'd been out here for about six, seven years working with um, 
within sports and fitness marketing specifically um, in the region. So kind of slotted right in there and, and uh, you know, within, within a few months after that, we opened, uh, we opened the first location. Very cool. Well, what were the biggest challenges that you guys had to overcome in getting Gymnation off the ground? And then how did you overcome, overcome them? I think, I think one of the first challenges that we had to overcome was when we started to uh, advertise our pre-sale price of 99 dirhams, just no one believed it could be true, which, you know, when you equate that back to sort of British pounds, it's still 20 pounds. I mean, I was paying like 10 pounds a month at, at my local gym. Um, but yeah, people just thought it couldn't be true. Um, there were all sorts of, uh, all sorts of um, accusations thrown at us that we were taking everyone's money and we were going to run away with it. Um, but yeah, so that, that was an initial challenge, just getting people bought into the fact that, look, pr- pricing doesn't have to be where it currently is. Um, one, of the, one of the blessings during our run-up to launch was actually Deutsche Bank released a big survey into the cost of living across sort of top 100 cities. And it actually showed that Dubai was the second highest, uh, well, the second most expensive market to own a gym membership just fractionally after Tokyo. So I think that justified everything that we were saying. Um, but then other other challenges would be probably just the search for the first site. Um, took maybe a little longer than we thought, but it was just an area that we weren't willing to compromise on. We'd, we'd toyed with the idea of dipping our toe into the market maybe opening a smaller gyms in one of the sort of community areas of Dubai, but felt, well, let's just go big from day one. So we, we decided that we'd go with a, a huge facility, a 40,000 square foot facility, bang on Sheikh Zayed Road, which is the main road through Dubai. It's kind of a 10, 12 lane highway, uh, which virtually everyone commutes down on a daily basis. But we, we had to hold out and it took us nine months to get that first site locked in. Oh. Well, you know, now that people realize that you are not a scam, <laughs> um, yeah. what has been the consumer response to your guys' product and offering? I think initially, like if you look at our, because we did a sort of a soft launch opening for people to come down and see the site. And because, you know, five months rewind, we were selling off paper and, you know, this is going to be an amazing site for 99 dirhams and that sort of thing. And I think when we did that first weekend, opening weekend, people were just blown away and just couldn't get over or understand how we can offer such a product at, at such a price point, which was obviously the 99 Durham side of things. So, I mean, initial feedback was amazing and guys were blown away. And, that, and obviously that included all their classes, gym access, 24-7. So it was the first proper licensed 24-7 gym in, in Dubai itself as well. And that, that sort of scale of size was was sort of unheard of. Yeah, and the twenty four um, seven offering has been really popular as well, right? The fact that you guys are open at all hours. Yeah, for, for us at the start, it was sort of just a, a marketing gimmick, you know, like twenty four seven, never shut three hundred sixty five days of the year. But then we sort of opened just during the time when Ramadan was about to hit, and then the, the gym was packed right up to midnight and then we were there sometimes right through to three four in the morning because we had a few uh issues with our sort of virtual classes and that sort of thing um having to push play physically not not program properly and that sort of thing 
And then literally the guys would be there working out. The gym would be packed at like three, four in the morning. And then ended up being our nighttime security guy. who was obviously doing the, the nighttime shift for the 24-7. He was doing the most sales out of all the guys during the daytime. So he, he, we would get there in the morning at like seven or eight. And he'd done like 25, 30 sales during the nighttime. Oh, wow. It was, it was a real positive on the business too. Yeah, very cool. Well, and then I know another thing that you guys did that is a, di- a bit different for a lower cost model is that you guys have um, group fitness. Why was that an important amenity for you to include? Yeah, so I mean, gr- group fitness for us, it's kind of one of the backbones and key pillars to the business. So we, we now have the data and it shows that between 35 and 40 percent of our members will partake in a group fitness class. So we, we recognised the importance of that prior to opening and decided, look, we we have to be offering group fitness. We didn't want our product or anything to do with Gymnation to be budget. The only thing that's budget should be the price. So we decided we'd, we'd um, invest and partner with Les Mills as well. So it was top of the range classes, which enables us to also access the best instructors in the market. And we weren't going to charge extra as well. We didn't want any hidden fees or, or costs to the consumer. So, you know, we, we even went as far as headhunting the, the best in the market. So we actually spoke to Les Mills and said, look, tell us who is the best Group X director, um, who's the best trainer. Um, so we went and hired, he's actually a chap called Aldrin De La Vega, who's sort of the, the real leader in this market when it comes to group exercise. So an area where we just didn't cut any costs. And I think that, that has absolutely paid off now, given the strength of our Group X classes I mean, all of our gyms on a peak in the peak hours. So for at least three hours, kind of back to back, our studios will have 60, 70, in, in some cases, 80 plus people all, all within classes. Yeah, I think as well, given the fact that of our price point, you know, we had a lot of new entrants into fitness becoming members so a third of the members were sort of new to fitness never done it before so it was really a good stepping stone for these guys to sort of enter into the gym itself because it can be quite intimidating you know walking into a big gym like that with all the free weights cardio have no idea what to do so easier stepping stone would be jump into a, a body pump class or a grit class to sort of learn some technique and you know prevent the injury side of things and then the further stepping stone after that would be to enter into the sort of the free weights area and the weights, uh, sorry, the cardio zone and that sort of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and with the pandemic, you know, at least here in the U S we are noticing that, you know, a lot of people are just recognizing the importance of the health of health and fitness. So we've got more newcomers coming into gyms. Is that, has it also been seen in UAE as well with more people being interested in getting a gym membership? Yeah, absolutely. So probably our best ever sales period was the two, three months immediately following the end of our lockdown. So mm-hmm. sales were just surging. And we, we actually were selling memberships during lockdown. We sort of booked the trend in the market where we, we kept all of our ads still running, kept lead generating and kept selling. Albeit that it was at a reduced special offer rate and your membership didn't start until the gyms were back open. But people were happy to transact, you know, they were happy to to invest at that point, knowing that in a few weeks or months, gyms would be back open. And then once we were back, we noticed that a lot of our kind of missed sales, so people who who inquired, but for whatever reason, didn't 
take up a gym membership several months before we're actually coming back to us saying we're absolutely ready now to start uh, you know that fitness journey um and i think that's because people realize it's not something they can necessarily take for granted like they might have done before so yeah we're, we're and as frank mentioned you know we we see well prior to covid we would typically see 30 35 percent of our new signups being new to health and fitness or having not owned a gym membership before that's actually increased now so we're definitely seeing that trend that you you just mentioned thanks again to our sponsor club solutions mastermind groups the club solutions mastermind groups offer peer-to-peer support that's affordable convenient and for all levels of health club management go to clubsolutionsmgx.com for more information well, um, going back to the group fitness aspect, um, you know, obviously here in the U.S., a lot of gyms pivoted to virtual fitness um, to serve people. And I know that's something that you guys did as well. Can you tell me a little bit about, you know, your approach to virtual fitness and the response that you had? Yeah, so um, we have such a strong partnership with Les Mills. We continued that partnership throughout the closure period and, and um, partnered with them on their Les Mills on demand product. Um, so I think they've invested millions and millions of dollars into making that, you know, the leading kind of virtual on-demand product that there is on the market. Um, so we were lucky enough to be able to offer that to free, not only to our members, but also to the wider wider UA community. So part of our kind of marketing strategy during the closure period was to, A, offer that um, as, a, as a kind of hook to, to people to use. And then off the back of that as well, you know, push, push your gym memberships as we were getting closer to opening. So, you know, we very quickly, I think we nearly hit 15,000 Les Mills on demand users during the closure period. Um, you know, world-class products, world-class instructors, world-class programming and, and music that was kind of unbeatable. A lot of our competitors were running kind of Facebook and Instagram lives in in their bedrooms. And, and we really wanted to differentiate ourselves with that. And that Les Mills On Demand product really enabled us to uh, to, to do that and, and, and do it very well. Well, um, you know, what have been the biggest learning lessons for, um, gym, for gym Nation over the past 12 months? What's really top of mind for you guys right now? I think it's that you've just got to always reinvent and reinvest in yourself as well. So one thing that we we took a conscious decision to do was actually during the period that we were closed through lockdown was to invest in a whole new product. So we, we've launched our own boutique concept called Blitz. So we, we sort of saw lockdown as an opportunity whilst the gym was closed to reanalyze. And there was one area that we'd always identified as being slightly underutilized We'd also identified that a lot of our members were actually still going to other boutique concepts. So they'd have their gymnasium membership, but they'd supplement that with trips to other boutique studios where they'd be paying quite significant prices. So we used the period to invest in our product, launch our own uh, boutique concept, which we're now rolling out with all of our newer sites that are opening as well. And I think as the market I mean, what, what we see in the market is that it moves so, so quickly. You know, literally every six, 12 months, there's a new disruptor coming to the market or a, a, a new form of um, or modality of exercise that's really taking hold and gripping the consumer. So we want to always maintain that we're at the sort of the leading end of that curve. Yeah, definitely. Any other learning lessons? I think like Lauren was just saying, was just keep evolving. So even our older clubs, like our cousin now, I mean, when I say older, it's only, what, three, just nearly three years old sort of thing. 
we're always making changes, you know, revamping during the lockdown as well. Besides Blitz, we made a few sort of uh, aesthetic changes to the club, um, getting new equipment in, things like just little basic functional pieces of equipment, upgrading the rigs, you know, consistently changing. And even the system side of things with the business evolving with us as well. We never kind of purposely set up to be ready for COVID. Obviously, no one no one expected that to come, but kind of by accident, the way the way that was set up worked perfectly. You know, we were able to very quickly, in a matter of minutes, pretty much switch everything to to the cloud, enable all our staff to keep working from home. You know, we're very proud that we didn't let anyone go during that period. We kept everyone on on uh, on full salaries and and, and you know work, working full time as well you know, mainly due to the investment and the time we put into those systems, you know, long before COVID even, you know, even had been heard of. Yeah. Well, I think it's really great too, that you guys were able to have a lot of success with sales during the shutdown. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your marketing strategy and maybe just share some best practices or tips that other operators might benefit from? Yeah, I think we've got, two sides to that so we've obviously got the kind of performance side that generates you know that generates the leads that generates majority of our sales um you know those leads come into our system and then you know are, are distributed through the system to our sales team those sales team you know they're responsible for for calling be that you know and following up be that call whatsapp email etc and obviously that follows a fairly standard blueprint that's that's common within the industry about getting those guys down to appointments and trials, et cetera, within the gym. So that's on the performance side, which I think we do work very well, obviously on, on kind of the, the, the Facebook, Instagram, the Google platforms. Um, and then we've got what we call, I guess, brand building or, you know, in our, in our, our heads, probably the fun side. So if you've ever had a look at our Instagram, you know, we, we do a lot of kind of parody videos, a lot of music video remakes. Um, we have a play around with quite a lot of the competitors, um, we, we felt that kind of fitness marketing over here was very stale, um, you know, hadn't moved much in the last 15, 20 years. So we really kind of came in and, and wanted to freshen that up with, with what we're doing. And it's it's been very well received. And I think whilst the performance marketing, you know, generates a business um, and the sales for us, that brand building has really established us within the market as a kind of cool, young, fun um you know, brand that's willing to push, push barriers that typically hadn't really been pushed in this space before. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really cool to see just, you know, how welcoming uh, the Dubai and UAE community has been to your brand, which really sounds like it's been kind of breaking barriers. Yeah. Like, like a guy said at the start, it definitely wasn't. I mean, some of the things on Facebook <laughs> that we were getting accused of before the first gym opened and, you know, we couldn't even repeat now, but I think as the brand grew, we, we invested quite a lot at the beginning in, in that brand building, you know, making sure that the, the PR kind of points were, were there, you know, we were, we were getting referenced well by some of the leading, you know, publications out here and we continued with that. And now very much, I think the reputation carries on it, it speaks for itself the quality of a product and, and the quality of, of what we deliver um is is passed member to member and, and member to friends etc outside of a business which which is uh is invaluable to us yeah yeah well what I is think your... people see it as well as you know it is a fun fun sort of fitness brand that they want to be a part of as well and it you know with people being new to fitness as well that are members it makes it a lot easier to sort of approach gymnation, I guess, as a gym and walk in there rather than being sort of, you know, scared and intimidated by 
the standard sort of, you know, the bodybuilding sort of gym. Yeah. So I think people can relate to the sort of marketing that's been put out there, which is fun and quirky and just a bit of banter, I guess, you know, we always, between us three, always, you know, having banter with each other and giving each other a tough time. And, but just, I think that sort of reflects into the marketing as well. Yeah. But when you talk about how well we've been received, probably the best um, reference point for that was uh, Virgin Radio did a recent competition. They're running a whole series of best in class for any particular um, sort of product or sector. So they've done best in, best pizza in the UAE, best coffee in the UAE, and they did a best gym in the UAE. So this was sort of launched on everyone. We, no one knew it was coming, but it was a complete public vote all online, very, very transparent. So there were over 70,000 votes and Gym Nation uh won the won the award with over 51 percent of the votes the second place i think had 20 or 21 percent so quite a landslide victory yeah. so it just shows in, in three years we've built a brand that is just a clear market leader yeah that's amazing well what is your vision for the brand's future what are you guys excited about and looking forward to yeah so we're keen to continue um rolling out here in the uae um, there's still areas of the UAE, um, parts of Dubai, but then some of the other Emirates like Abu Dhabi, where we believe we could grow another five to 10 gyms quite comfortably without risking any level of cannibalization. And the market here is growing and it's, it's growing quite considerably. The current sort of level of fitness penetration is very low. It's around 7%. So you know, if, if for the UAE to catch up with areas of Europe or parts of America, which are reporting anywhere between 15 and 20 percent, gives you an idea of just how many more gyms there could actually be within the UAE. But that, that's kind of our home market ambitions. But we've very much got ambitions to grow internationally as well. So we'd like to see Gymnation within the next five years becoming the leading GCC or Middle East fitness brand. And there's particularly markets like Saudi Arabia, which, you know, there's, there's sort of 35 to 40 million people there. So a real depth of population, but with, again, very similar characteristics to what we saw in the UAE products, which are reasonably overpriced with operators who are quite unsophisticated. So we think that, that the product and the brand will transition very well into those, those other GCC countries. Nice. Frank and Ant, is there anything that you'd add to that? No, I think Lauren, Lauren's pretty much hit it on the head. And, um, yeah, just, just to, I guess, once we're at that top and just stay on top as well, not sort of slip backwards. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, if each of you could give one piece of advice to other gym operators, um, what would it be? would really love to hear any uh, advice you have. So I think one of the main pieces of advice I'd always give, and, and what we've done a lot of uh, at Gymnation is, not focusing on your own sector when it comes to sort of best in class practices or principles. So of course we looked at some of the leading uh, gym operators from around the world to see what they're doing and, and what should we, what should we follow and implement in our own business. But where I think we've learned the most is actually looking at best in class from parallel sectors particularly the likes of e-commerce. So we're, we're trying to break down barriers here. We're getting people to actually sign up online and operate digitally. It used to be very much a face-to-face and cash-driven market, where at, which was one of the main things people said wouldn't work about Gymnation, that it was online sign-up and it was all debit and credit card 
uh, recurring payments. But we learned a lot from the the e-commerce, particularly the likes of some of the fast fast fashion and uh, sort of last minute uh, websites. Um, so yeah, that that would be my sort of advice. Awesome, Frank and Ant, any any advice for other operators? Uh, I mean, I'm the along the same lines as Lauren. Um, I mean, always, I guess we always try and stay fresh as a business as well. So. You know, we don't want to sort of get stale in this sort of, I guess, sector and the fitness industry as it's always evolving. So we're always trying to get out to, you know, the the likes. Well, once COVID was non-existent, to so the likes of the the Fibos, and we're trying to look at you know Ursa and that sort of thing this year. But always trying to evolve as the the fitness industry evolves, not sort of get old and stale like a dinosaur, and um, yeah, just keep growing. Perfect. Yeah, and then I think for me, it's you know continual investment in, in the systems and, and more behind the scenes uh, processes. You know, everyone sees a Facebook, the Instagram page, your website, but that's the tip of the iceberg. That's a five percent really. There's the other ninety five percent of of um, you know work um, and, and systems and processes that are, that are behind the scenes and no one knows. And we spent so much time working on them it's a journey that will probably never end you know we've got new changes and new additions to add on every day but make them a key focus of a business and, and that front five percent then runs a lot smoother um than, than it could do so for me yeah continual investment in in, in kind of a behind the scenes uh, ongoing development and, and processes there awesome well this was really great and i um, enjoyed learning about gymnation and um, you just all the exciting, cool things you guys are doing. And I really appreciate your time joining me on the podcast. And that wraps up this episode of the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Thank you for listening. And if there are future topics you'd like me to cover in upcoming episodes, please let me know at rachel at clubsolutionsmagazine.com.